Welcome to the High Volume Hiring Podcast. I'm Stephen Rothberg, the founder of job search site College Recruiter. We believe that every student and recent grad deserves a great career. This podcast features news, tips, case studies, and interviews with the world's leading experts about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to high volume hiring. Thanks for joining us. Today's guest is Ira Wolf, the president and chief Googleization officer of the Poised for the Future company, which is committed to helping organizations find a better way to grow, thrive, and challenge the status quo. He's also the founder of Success Performance Solutions, which was just acquired by Dame Leadership. Ira's fierce passion for technology and its impact on people have made him one of HR's most visionary thinkers and influencers on the future of work, jobs, and talent acquisition. Oh, and if that's not enough, he's also authored six books, including the just-released Create Great Culture in a Remote World, How Teams Are Thriving at Work Without Being in Person. Ira, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be back, Stephen. It's been quite a while. Not, not much has happened in the in, in between, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a year and a half since I was a, a guest on on your podcast, and uh, yeah, I mean, just you know, one or two things. I think maybe we'll end up touching on on, on them in in, uh, in in this. So, before we get into the real meat of the conversation, um, what the heck is a chief Googleization officer? Well, that's probably one of the most common questions I get, and 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 obviously it's worked. People ask me, "What do I do? <laughs> what what is that thing?" So, Googleization started. Uh, I mean, a real quick story. I came up with Googleization in two thousand and eight. Uh, I was writing a book. It was it was about the wired, the tired, and, and technology, uh, and I I came up with, I, we were talking a lot about geeks and geezers and, and, and it was about the multiple generations in the workplace. And one of those shower moments, um, I don't know where it came from, but I started doing these things like uh, technology, technologization or internetization, just mm. something to rhyme. And Google popped into my head and it was like, Googleization, yeah, geeks, geezers, Googleization. Uh, alliteration is always good for a book title and keynotes and things. And that's what it came out. But essentially behind the scenes, it's the convergence of business people and technology. Ah, okay. And easy to trademark too, because if you make up the word, then it's it's yours, right? It's early on. I didn't trademark it only because I I didn't want to get into a battle with Google. Ah. <laughs> um, so we, we talk about it. There's actually a book about Googleization. Uh, out there, not by, and so it's it's out there. I've been using it for 15 years. Hopefully, Google's not listening and <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't trample on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, but you know, obviously, we were promoting we're, we're we're promoting it. But it's about the convergence of business uh, business people and technology, which you know, um, it came into being. I mean, I, I talked about it 12, 13 years before it happened, but 2020, uh, the pandemic certainly uh, brought it all to a head. Yeah, yeah, it, it it changed one or two things. So what one of the one of the many reasons that I was really interested in having you as a guest, and I was really thrilled when when you were able to join me, uh, was that I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about what you see uh, around the corner for for twenty twenty three. When we when you look at what the job market is is likely to be in 2023, how do you think that high volume hiring organizations are going to fare? Yeah, it's a great question, and my standard answer is probably going to be it depends. 
<laughs> depends <laughs> on a lot. Uh, but and, and I know people can't see us, um, but on you know you I know you can above my head on screen says never yeah. normal. So the future <laughs> will be never normal, and we've been talking about that for a while as people thought they were going back to normal. So as we look at whether it's high volume hiring or really anybody who's hiring. Um, I, I guess the the overall theme, not a guess, the overall theme will be never normal. Uh, there's a, a, a few months ago, and again, I'm not an economist or or a demographer, but I follow that. I like I like pulling all the stats from everybody. And this came up. I read this somewhere, and they talked about a job full recession. And the job full recession was what happens when the when the GDP goes down, economic growth goes down, hiring slows down, uh, the demand for people goes down, uh, unemployment goes up. Traditionally, in every recession, every recession since 1945, we've had 12 of them. The unemployment rate in a recession went up. The lowest recession or, or the, the lowest rate was 6.1%. That was the lowest out of all those. Well, here we are debating whether we're in a recession. You know, some people say we are. Some people we've had, although the numbers, the, a recent number of GDP just was out, you know, 2.6% of unemployment. There's still 10 million jobs opening from some recent, you know, studies. It's not coming down really fast as, as far as, as quickly as the headlines say they might. Uh, and Goldman Sachs just recently came out and said, we're, they're not sure. They th there's only a 35% chance that we're going to enter a recession. Uh, we had we interviewed on our podcast uh, last week. Is actually we had it was amazing. We had 25,000 people downloaded in one day, and we talked to Odeon Capital, uh, the Odeon Capital Group, uh, with Dick Beauvais and Matt Van Alstine, uh, and. Dick's been around for 50 years, and he says, I've never seen anything like this. But when we said, where are we going to be? The question you asked me, where are we going to be 12 months from now? And he said, inflation is going to be under control. It's not going to be zero or slow. It, you know, We're going to settle into maybe 3%, 2%. Um, but we'll be out of a recession if we ever enter in one. Uh, things will be weird and wacky and slow. Uh, but we're going to be okay. And so there's a movement that, you know, when I say it depends, it depends whether you're on the dystopic side of, oh, we're entering into, you know, a situation we've never been into. We're going to have a recession. There's going to be, the economy is going to crash. People are going to be laid off. But on the other side, we're having another conversation that, that technology for sure is laying off a lot of people. And, and that gets big headlines. But even in the the recent numbers like transportation logistics warehousing that they're still growing they're still up there and people aren't there there's a slower rate for quit rates people there's there's le less people quitting but still it's significantly higher than it's ever been before uh, hiring is slowed, but even Amazon, you know, when they made the announcement that they're they're laying off all these corporate people, on the flip side of that, their AWS division is hiring. 
a lot of people. So the the net effect may be, yeah, we're going to lose their Amazon's laying off some, but it's a different type of people, which goes back to, you know, with automation, with a whole discussion of robots and automation and technology, there will be jobs that will go away and there'll be job, new jobs that are created. Um, so it's, it's a complicated picture because, because if you're, if you're thinking it's going to be recession and it's going to be the typical, higher unemployment, people are going to get more, more layoffs, more terminations, more company closing. There's a whole other school of thought and there's, and it's not just opinion. I mean, there's documentation to say that it's going to be a job full recession and uh, that the, that the, uh, I, I couldn't pin down Dick and Matt <laughs> to it, to a number um, of where do you think un- unemployment will end up? And we interviewed them two months ago and they said, yeah, maybe the mid fours, but, and, and now they said maybe five, but it's still significantly low below the lowest, uh, the lowest unemployment number we've ever had in a recession. Right. Uh, so I, so where are we going to be? It's a long way around that question, but it's a complicated one. If we look at, you know, uh, December, you know, 2023, January, 2024, where are we going to be, you know, next year? It's, um, it's going to be never normal. Uh, there's going to be some industries that are really hit hard. Uh, and uh, there will be layoffs. But uh, again, the good companies are not letting go or, or keeping the good people. The good people may stop quitting. <laughs> uh, and, and because the opportunities may not be there for a, a moment. Uh, for for that's going to be temporary because the opportunities will advance, um, and that's like the worst case scenario. Uh, you know, the best case scenarios it slows, and there's industries that um, hold on to their people. They find, you know, through automation or other cost cutting effects. But you know, in the past, the the biggest co- the first the first place people look to cut costs was we'll lay off people. And that significantly is changing now. So if we go back to the higher, you know, we go back to high volume hiring there, I th- it's going to be probably easier. And, and I say that probably because nobody knows for sure that there's going to be more people that are looking for work and, and possibly because of inflation. I mean, wage growth just wasn't keeping up. Uh, maybe they're, they weren't laid off, but their, their extra overtime hours were, or yeah. maybe they had a gig job, and because of the economy slows, they're not going to make as much money on their gig job driving Uber or DoorDash or working in restaurants, all those things. So they, they're going to need more money, which brings people back. So high-volume hiring in industries like, uh, like, like restaurants and hospitalities uh, may find that they, there's more people applying. The challenge is, is they're not doing so well now because even with lower volumes they're not processing people fast enough people have choices there's still a lot of dissatisfaction in the candidate experience uh and and people are impulsive so they're going to go to whoever does the job the best and uh, hr is completely stressed out and burnt out uh and and they're also shorthanded uh, and and a lot of companies so if there's a higher volume, how are these high volume companies going to be able to process people quickly, get them onboarded? Uh, and if they're not doing, if there, there are companies that do it really well. 
So for the companies that do it really well, they're going to they're going to they're going to grow and thrive and, and take advantage of it. For the majority of companies who just got by, uh, it's it's going to continue to be a struggle. Even in bad times, it's going to be a struggle. In and in good times, uh, it's just going to continue like it has been. We'll be back right after this break. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube. Welcome back to the High Volume Hiring Podcast. You know, one, one of the many things that you, you shared just now really resonated. I, I was a um, business undergraduate major. And when we were entering this current downturn, um, maybe last February, March, April uh, kind of timing, I remembered way back um, to when I went to college and I think it was the 1880s. And, you know, the definition of a recession then was two successive quarters of negative GDP period, end of story. And so it was a real shock to me, actually, in, I don't know, June, July, whenever it was, that I saw all these um, economists on news shows saying, it depends. It depends on what your definition of a recession is. I think at the end of the day, um, you're absolutely right. I totally agree with you. Is it a recession? It depends. It depends on how you define that. And whether it is or whether it isn't, that doesn't really matter all that much. It's 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 a label. Uh, so definitely one of the very encouraging things about whatever you want to call the the economy that we're in now, the economy that we'll be in in June of 2023, December of 2023. It seems that we continue to add jobs on a net basis, and and like you say, we continue to reshuffle. We see people moving from industry to industry far more than in any other time. And so if the restaurant sector slows, I think there are a whole ton more people now than three years ago in that sector who will say, well, that's okay, I'll go over to retail. You know, before COVID, a lot of those people didn't really know that they could move industries. Um, and that, you know, I'm not just picking on restaurant workers, it's, it's anybody. The depends also depends, we're, we're talking nationally and we average it out. But it depends on industry and it depends on geography. Oh, yeah. Because in the, the rates are significantly different. Like New York and Chicago and one other city, uh, the number of layoffs, the number of hire, the, the number of layoffs is low. The number of hires, uh, it was at least even with what it was. It wasn't, you know, if there was a decrease, it was, it was really a, less than 1%. Where is if you're looking in like Austin and obviously San Francisco um, and and some other areas, it's significantly Miami uh, is really really high. So again, it it not only depends on if we're in a recession or not, it depends on what industry you're in, and it depends on where you live. Yeah, and I, you know I live in Minneapolis, and I can tell you that the that 
The tech sector here is very strong. It's never as hot as it can be in, say, San Francisco. But then it also doesn't get as, as cold. And so the, the massive layoffs that we're seeing from organizations like Meta, a.k.a. Facebook, the artist formerly known as Facebook, um, Twitter, et cetera, right? Those are sexy headlines, but they do a really poor job of reflecting the reality across most of the country for most people. Um, so if you're a software engineer today, um, you're very much in demand. Maybe not as much as you were six or 12 months ago. But it's not like no one's hiring. And so if, if, if you do lose your position or if it's a high-volume hiring industry, retail, warehouse, hospitality, whatever, there are, in, in most areas of the country, there are continuing to be a lot of choices. So um, que another question that, that I wanted to make sure that we um, had time to talk about, especially in light of, of the book that you that you just released on, on remote working. We've been remote at College Recruiter since 1997. Um, in 1997, there weren't very many companies that were remote and very, very few would admit to it. We certainly didn't. We had a, uh, a mailbox and you know pretended we had an actual street address and all that because there were a lot of companies out there that, that thought if you were remote, you weren't real. If you weren't real, how can we work with you? Well, that's thankfully gone away. Um, we um, we worked really hard in our business to create a culture. And I've heard from a lot of traditional employers, if it's a remote workplace, how do you have culture? There's not going to be a good culture, whatever. And I know a lot of um, the pages in, in your book address that issue, address culture in remote organizations. So maybe you can share some tips with the listeners who maybe the listener is remote, um, a recruiter, but working in a high volume company, a, you know, an Amazon, a Target, a Walmart, et cetera. Um, or, and I'm seeing this more and more, the company itself is largely or even completely remote. Um, call center kinds of organizations now, very frequently, the entire or the, an entire department is remote. 10 years ago, they all would have been in some basement, um, some someplace. So what tips do you have for employers that either the person themselves or maybe even the whole organization is remote um, with respect to culture? Yeah, and, and thanks for that question. You know, it certainly changed. By the way, I went remote. Uh, I went remote in 2004. Okay. Uh, I still had an office. I, I still had a, <laughs> I still had an office that my employees went to, and then we realized at the end when the lease was up, is uh, I, we talked and do we really need this space? And they said, no, we we were happy. And one left the state, and one yeah. set up a home office, and and a few others that were already were working partially remote. So we been we were doing it a long time. So the world caught up to us, Steve. Uh, that's because we're, we're we're so brilliant. It took them it took them that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, we get there. I, I, so the the question is: so you started out talking about the culture, and regardless if we, you, there's a culture, whether you're remote or all in person, you're 100 percent in person, you're 100 percent remote. There's a culture. Yes. What's, the difference is: is it a good or a bad culture? 
Right. As in an engaging culture and as a thriving culture. And that is we really wait out to debate because there's a huge dichotomy, the huge division between managers saying we need everybody back, especially the Elon Musks and the uh, Jamie Diamonds of the world. And that hasn't worked out so well with them, for him. And this company doesn't went completely remote, but there's still some functions that should be on site. But ultimately, where to answer your question, how you know what can what can organizations do? What can people do? The failure was that you you changed where people worked, and in effect, that changes how you relate to other people. But just as you know, you can be remote and have a good culture. You can remote and have good communication. You can remote and have good collaboration. You can do all those things remote. So if you can do it, then why do some remote cultures not work out well? And and it, it it's it's a little bit hypocritical because when you look at the in-person cultures and you say, oh, look, we're, we lost what we had. But, you know, the Gallup survey has been saying it for years. Only 70 percent of people or only 30 percent of people were engaged going to an in-person culture. They, they weren't enjoying it. And if engagement's a measure of how how, impage, how relatable, do they have people to feel that they're part of a community? Do they, you have a culture, do they feel part of it? And you have only 30% of the people that are engaged. It wasn't very good before. Maybe in baseball, you get away with the 300% batting average. <laughs> uh, but, but you don't do that if you're a quarterback. And you certainly, you know, but somehow companies did. So the the, the, the first thing, that I suggest doing is one is taking stock of the manager's ability to manage a remote workplace. How were they doing before? And just because somebody doesn't show up and they're not sitting down the hall doesn't mean they're not doing a good job. It doesn't mean that you can't create a relationship. It doesn't mean you can't collaborate. It doesn't mean you can't communicate well with them. It means that the manager is probably really uncomfortable and not prepared and maybe not digitally savvy and uncomfortable using Zoom and Slack and all these other tools. The same goes for employees. There are, there are employees that just are really uncomfortable. They were sent home. They're working off their kitchen table. Uh, their bandwidth is terrible. Yeah, that interferes with it. Uh, and, you know, Avanti, a cybersecurity, they did a really, really good report that it was involved with. Uh, and the, the, it was the digital employee experience. And they found that 25% of employees were willing to quit their job because of, of a bad digital experience. Um, and, and, and companies weren't willing to invest in it. They, they talked about it. We want to create this, but there wasn't the money to back it up. There wasn't the prioritization to help people succeed doing it remote, but by doing it remote and goes back to recruiting, it opens up this whole door to new opportunities. So the software engineer is laid off in San Jose in Silicon Valley, but he's got an opportunity to work anywhere in the country if the company is willing to hire and, and set up a remote work. Now, there are certain situations, uh, including some strategizing meetings, like you have your, I know you have your annual meetings, your quarterly meetings. Some of those meetings, probably, there's probably a benefit to being in person, um, a little bit better interaction, but that doesn't mean they have to be there every day or three days a week. Um, so the, 
you know, the, the, the overall view, I get into a lot more detail of how do you even get people comfortable making that transition? How do you get comfort? How do you get managers comfortable with the concept of remote work? How do you get, how do you get the employees comfortable with it that may resist, but that's the best direction that you want to go? Uh, how do we do that? Uh, but as an overall view, I think you have to really look at a manager's ability to, to supervise, manage, delegate, uh, build build that culture remotely. And it can be done because people are doing it. Is we're, you're not the pioneers anymore. Uh, and vice versa is ensuring that the employees, the, the, the remote workers, have a good digital experience. Uh, what What's that look like? And uh, and teach them to use the tools. And everybody was sent home overnight and then they, they were on their own. They became their own IT specialists. And there's some people figured it out and others didn't. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really happy that you talked about the digital experience. And, and for the listeners who want to learn more about that or, or other ways of creating um, a great culture in a remote world, um, we've, we're going to have the, uh, a link to in the show notes um, to Ira's book, Create Great Culture in a Remote World, um, or find it wherever good books are sold, as they say. Um, well, Ira, thank you so much for spending this time with us and for sharing your insights. For listeners who want to learn more about you, contact you, how would you like them to do that? I'm very, very active on LinkedIn, as you know. Uh, so please connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me if you listened, you heard about it on the show. Uh, and uh, you can also go to irawolf.com. Or as we talked about Googleization, just type it into Google, Ira, Ira Wolf, and I will probably show up. <laughs> and that's Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Got to get the E on the end. That's correct. Been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Great to catch up with you. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for joining us today on the High Volume Hiring Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Rothberg of job search site College Recruiter. Each year, we help more than 12 million candidates find great new jobs. Our customers are primarily Fortune 1000 companies, government agencies, and other employers who hire at scale and advertise their jobs with us. You can reach me at stephen at collegerecruiter.com. The High Volume Hiring Podcast is a co-production of Evergreen Podcasts and College Recruiter. Please subscribe for free on your favorite app. Review it, five stars are always nice, and recommend it to a couple of people you know who want to learn more about how best to hire at scale. Cheers. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.